Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. David Wilson from the Eye on the U podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to do a couple of minutes at the top here on a big piece of Miami football news that happened uh, Thursday night after Susan and I recorded this week's episode. JoJo Trader, five-star athlete from Chaminade, Madonna, commits to Miami. Uh, huge, 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 huge recruiting victory for Mario Cristobal. And we actually, uh, on this episode, talked about how it was had been a quiet week for Miami on the recruiting front, and uh, we were going to just talk about baseball because of that, uh, which is what we did for about 25 minutes. So we'll, we'll get into a lot of that, but I wanted to do a, a couple of minutes here on JoJo at the top, uh, who is just you know one of the best players in, in South Florida, immediately becomes the highest ranked commit in Miami's class, uh, first five-star player in the class, and obviously, importantly, a local guy. Plays at Chaminade Madonna in Hollywood. Has won the state championships in each of the last two years. Last year at Chaminade, uh, the year before at Miami Central. And he was really good, obviously, this last year at Chaminade, which had one of the best offenses to come through South Florida in, in quite some time. He was uh, paired up with Jeremiah Smith, who's a five-star wide receiver. Going to Ohio State, they're actually the top two ranked players in all of South Florida. Uh, he's great, you know, 750 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. But the thing I love about him is just like he's a football player, like just a great football player, um, kind of like cliche there. But I think back to when he was a sophomore at Miami Central, he actually started that year at Monsignor Pace and, and transferred in the middle of the year. So he joins a new team in the middle of the season, uh, just kind of trying to find a role there, right? there, you know, they were in the middle of that was uh, they won their third straight state championship that year um have obviously they're always loaded they had their receivers kind of established jojo played for them at wide receiver a little bit you know he obviously he's, he's too talented a guy to not really get on the field um but one other thing he did is he just kind of offered to play anywhere and in the state championship game he played his first ever snap on defense there was a story uh, at the herald uh, I believe Bill Daly wrote it uh, off of that game about the play because, you know, it ended up being a blowout for Central, but it was a cool story where, where JoJo Trader, who is this great five, you know, at that time he was already kind of regarded as one of the great recruits in his class, uh, one of the top wide receivers, uh, steps in for one play, plays defense, interception, pick six. First play ever played on defense. Uh, so that's just the kind of player Miami's getting. Um, next week, Susan and I will talk a little bit more about his commitment, what it means. We talked last week a little bit about some of the momentum Miami was starting to build on the trail. Um, they're up to three top 100 recruits now, which is good. You know, it's not, you know, I, I think as I'm recording now, I think they're up to number 16 in the country in the recruiting ranking. So it's good. It's not spectacular yet. It's not where we know a Mario Cristobal class could rank eventually here. But 
Uh, three top 100 recruits now in the class, and, and what's notable about that is all three of those commitments have come in the last month. Um, Marquise Lightfoot uh, a couple of weeks ago, Kevin Riley last month, um, and then obviously JoJo Trader on Thursday. So uh, momentum definitely picking up. It's not, you know, we've talked a few times on the show about this time last year, July last year, was this avalanche of commitments for Miami, ironically starting with uh, Jalen Rashada and then Miami's stormed up to the top five of the recruiting rankings, finishing the top 10. Um, they're not there right now, obviously, but they are starting to pick up momentum. It was a slow start to the cycle, but starting to do some positive things here. And, and we'll, we'll check it back in next week because we'll see if this kicks off a, a little bit more. July's a busy commitment period uh, because June is a big, busy visit period. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure Mario felt like they, they kind of need to get a win here after they lost out on Devon Mitchell over the weekend. Um, you know, Jeremiah Smith, who's the number one guy in South Florida, as I said, is committed to Ohio State, although, you know, they've continued to try to recruit him. Um, but huge win for uh, Mario Cristobal, huge win for Miami, uh, huge win for South Florida to, to have one of the top guys in the area staying home to play in Miami. Um, and without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? Going great. Yeah, we are uh, fast approaching the end of the offseason, almost midway through July already. ACC Media Days will be coming up soon and then practice. We don't have the official start day of practice yet, but it'll be that first week of August. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're rapidly approaching football season, but we're not really going to talk about football in this episode. There's honestly nothing going on. A couple of recruiting uh, losses, I guess, for Miami over the weekend. Um, I don't think I've picked up a commit since the last time we talked. Um, but the MLB draft was over the weekend, so we figured um, we talked We talked quite a bit about baseball last week, just some of the coaching changes. Um, figured it's a good time to do our kind of like off-season baseball check-in. Obviously, the transfer portal will um, still mean this roster is going to change a lot between now and the fall, but, uh, after the draft, which was honestly a, like, historically successful draft for the Hurricanes, yes. um, we've got a, a decent little idea of what this roster is lo- going to look like next year, um, with some changes, as I said, obviously to come, but let's start with the draft in particular and why it was historic for Miami. Six guys go in the top 200, um, all in the first two days of the draft, all in the first uh, seven rounds. Um, mm-hmm. And it's weird because the day kind of started off or the drafts kind of started off a little disappointing with Johandi Morales falling uh, all the way to the top pick of the second round of the Nationals at number 40. Um, we thought he could maybe go as high as like 15. There were some, some of the mock drafts were saying, um, but that kicked off a, a really, really nice couple of days for Miami. Morales goes at 40. Andrew Walters, um, I think, kind of surprisingly goes on the first day of the draft um, at number 62 to the Guardians. We, we knew he was going to get drafted pretty high, but 62 was a lot higher than I think a lot of the, the pre-draft rankings had him. So very good for him. Um, and a guy who obviously, like, he got drafted last year in a late round and decided to come back. and um, Late round because they wouldn't match his money. Yeah. Um, and came back and was even better pretty much as a, as a senior. Um, they were raving about him, by the way. I don't know if you watched the draft, but they were raving about him on the broadcast. Um, the analysts about, you know, his numbers, when you like kind of look at them are, are kind of staggering when he gave up like 
14 runs in his career and like 25 hits or something like it's it's he does not give up a lot obviously we know we all know that cool to see him get drafted pretty high and then on day two of the draft um cj capus gets also to cleveland alejandro rosario to texas zach levinson to st louis those guys we all thought were going to go on day two and then dominic patelli was kind of like the one wild card we knew he was going to get drafted at some point didn't know exactly when he ends up going on day two also number seven it's only the second time uh day two seventh round only the second time in miami history they've had six guys drafted that high um the other time was 2008 where that team was the number one they didn't win the college world series but they made it there and were the number one overall seed going into that tournament so um you know i know a frustrating way last season ended um but you have to remember they were the number six team in the country going into the tournament that was a really good team um and really good for miami to get so many guys drafted Really good. You know, I can't say it enough times. It's not an excuse. It is true. I don't care what anybody says. You're a private school. You're like Miami. Costs a lot of money. A lot, you know, Florida has a great program. Mm -hmm. and It's a public school. And a lot of of kids, it's much easier to go to Florida and afford it. I'm not saying Florida is cheap, but it's a lot less expensive. And they can have a lot more kids come out for the team. I, you know, my in baseball, 11.7, um, 11.7, the equivalent of 11.7 scholarships to be split up among all those kids. Uh, it's just not, it's not a lot of money. It's very rare to get a full scholarship, for example, in baseball. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I just think that UM, I do believe that they're at a disadvantage to begin with. It's tough. It's not like the old days um, with, I don't know, I don't know, again, social media and all that stuff. Uh, it's, you know, it's tough. But uh, they had a they had a great, great draft. Yeah. Very strong team this past season. Uh, I wouldn't call it elite. I we, we, We've seen, you know, we wouldn't. Didn't yeah, they go- didn't win the AC. I mean, obviously, Wake was the number one team in the country. They, they were in the final. Team, I mean, yeah, yeah, they were good. They were really good. They were a top ten team or whatever yeah. in the country. They could have won it, but they it wasn't like, oh my god, this team is just so good, so awesome. You know, they've got to win. They've got to. It's it's very tough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an excuse. It's it's the truth. And uh, that I think uh, you know, Jay. You know, as we know, Gino resigned and he did resign. Okay. He was not fired, yeah. by the way. And uh, no matter what people think, he was not forced out. Uh, and JD, um, JD Ortiago has been there forever. Also, um, he has a tough, tough road ahead, actually, because mm-hmm. the, that's a lot other, of talent they're losing when you get exactly, six guys drafted. Exactly. Yeah. The other side of having a great draft is what's left for the, the new coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and the new coach who's been around, but so, you know, so we, we know Laz Gutierrez, the pitching coach we're waiting this year. NCAA allows you to have. Uh, so in addition to the head coach, three paid assistants, I think it used to be two paid assistants and one volunteer, excuse me. And, and I think JD uh, has plans, uh, you know, I I haven't talked to him yet, but I know he has plans to, to expand the, the staff kind of like the way Mario Cristobal has hired a zillion assistants that aren't on field assistants. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm not saying baseball is going to have, 
they're not going to have like yeah. that, but they're going to have, he's going to expand uh, the staff. He's that gonna, could, that's, you talk about the challenges of being a private school. That's the equalizer that private schools have. It, I mean, you like look at Vanderbilt, um, right. which is exactly. also a private school. Um, exactly. Their facilities are insane. Uh, I I was in Nashville last year and walked around their campus and made sure to go kind of walk around there. I didn't like go inside their weight rooms or anything, but just walking around that baseball facility. Um, it's crazy. Like their stadium's super nice. That whole area around there is really nice. Um, and they can do that for a couple of reasons. One is they're a wealthy private school, kind of like Miami. Um, and they've got a lot of alumni who, who give back to the program and, and Miami's the same way. Um, a lot of former MLB players and stuff. And, and, you know, that's the the flip side. Like that's, that's part of why it's important for guys to have like get drafted. Like it's obvious, but you want guys to get drafted because it's a, kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy right now is Miami only is, I think three alumni active in the majors right now. Um, yes. Monty Grandal, uh, Romy Gonzalez and Victor Medeiros literally just got called up. Um, so he's now up there as well. Um, you know, not not that all six of these guys are necessarily going to be major leaguers or or stars in the bigs, but you know, Johanny Morales. When you take a guy that high, you kind of expect like the Nationals are clearly expecting him to be like a cornerstone. Um, you know, even if he's not a star, a guy who's going to be in the majors. Um, and you know, Andrew Walters going in the second, the Guardians are in first place. Like relief pitcher, we might see him in the major soon with how good he is. Like relievers tend to come up. You know, if they make the playoffs, maybe helps them out down the stretch. So, um, yeah, so th- those are two. Those two, obviously, they went through the first two guys off the board. Um, they're super interesting because, uh, again, the Nationals really need bats, and they're in the middle of a rebuild, and Morales is going to help them there. Um, and, and by Walters, the way, I think we might see soon. Kelly's a really good shortstop. Yeah. Amazing. He was amazing. He was really, really good. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean these guys. I you know we just talked about before we we started this podcast that four out of the top five hurricanes um, were drafted as far well, as offense, hitters, yeah, offense, batting average, Johandi, <laughs> CJ, Dominic, and Zach Levinson, and the only one left out of that that top five is Blake Sear, who's mm-hmm. back, and he was just a freshman, and the kid hit three hundred five, you know. Uh, he had he had 12 doubles, 17 home runs, 17, the number two on the team. Um, and yeah, he's slugging percentage of 620. I mean, yeah, that's going to be big for them to have him back. I, I think it's a, a kind of a crapshoot on how they're going to be this season, honestly. Yeah. They also it's- lose, if you, I'm looking at OPS, they also, Ian Farrow transferring, who was like another kind of one of their. Yeah, but Ian Farrow like, ended up. I think he started out better than he ended up. Yeah, he up. did. He, uh, he he wasn't even really in the lineup by the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, he, he kind of started but, out better. And 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 they're going to remember JD is not in charge of recruiting, okay? Mm-hmm. So, um there, you know, Lopes um was the hitting coach, he was a catching coach and he was the recruiting coordinator and now mm-hmm. he's CF. So now um now they need to get uh, they got the pitching coach but they need to get a, a, a hitting coach um and they need to get a recruiting coordinator and it just it depends how they mix and match it 
uh, Gutierrez, the pitching coach, is also a quote unquote mental skills coach. Mm-hmm. But they they have to get they have to get infield coaches. No, out. that's what Gutierrez like. That's what he did for the Red Sox. Like he's like very accomplished in that mental skills uh, yeah. department. That's and uh, that's good. It's important. And 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 catcher they need catcher coach. So he so. JD still has a lot to do. I mean, maybe he knows now, but we don't really know. And they lost, uh, they, you know, they lost, and I think we talked about this too, um, uh, Carson Ligon, um, who, you know, who was number one for part of the season, uh, you know, and then uh, a lot of the season and then, um, he just he just transferred to Mississippi State, mm-hmm. so there's probably a backstory there. Sometimes it's personality, or people don't clash. People clash, don't get along, or maybe just there's some reason he left. Okay, because, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, but they do have gate as far as pitching. I think people want to know about the you know about the pitchers, um, and. I mean, they they do have Gage Zeal back, uh, who started the season and ended the season, I think, as the number one kid. He started like a, the first few, maybe three Fridays as a starter mm-hmm. for UM. Um, and he he ended up with an eight and four record, 4.30 um, ERA. So he will be back. And I you know the other the other pitchers. I, I, there's there's uh, Rafe Schlesinger, uh, who who is back a young young pitcher, um, and he he did great. I think in the ACC, um, one of the ACC games. Oh no, actually, I think it was a regional game. He came in and pitched like seven really great innings. Uh, Ligon started. Two, two, he pitched two innings and did not do very well, um, and and then Rave came in and threw seven from the bullpen. And they lost that game, but he did really, really well. So he's a kid that could definitely be up, possibly for starting. I would think. Yeah. Um, and they have other guys back. Yeah, they, they have a couple of guys who logged a bunch of innings, like Alejandro Torres. Some guys, like no, no one with eye popping numbers, but threw a lot of innings, started some games. Ronaldo, Ronaldo Gallo, Gallo, another ben guy. Chestnut, ben Chestnut's back. Uh, Sinta, Chris Sinta is back. Yeah, they're going to need some of those guys to he's, step up, and we'll see what they do in the portal too. He's gonna... a freshman, had a three point five three ERA, which mm-hmm. is which is good. Sinta. I mean, we have yep. to see. Yeah, what happens? I don't. I, I have a feeling they will end up announcing some some somebody at least one I would think or a couple guys coming in. Mm-hmm. They, it usually happens, but they haven't done it yet. But I think they're I think they will that UM will announce guys coming in. Um, I don't think there are any other guys of significance who who transferred out. Um, and Brian Walters, they have I think they have two pitchers who had Tommy John. Mm-hmm. Maybe I know Brian Walters did, um, and all those guys will be will be back, but they won't be, they won't be starters. I don't yeah. think. I doubt they'd be starters after Tommy John. Um, yeah. So I mean, I I think they have the catchers, the starting catchers back, which is big. Yep. Jack Scanlon and and you know Carlos and, Perez. Yeah, Carlos Perez. I mean, 
they they have Jacoby Long. Did you see? We did you see that game where he jumped like a hundred feet high? Yeah, that, was that the weight game? Weight game, weight yeah, game. Weight game. It was a semifinal of the ACC. It was amazing. It was uh, you know. Yeah, so he's at least going to defend out there in center. Yeah, that'll be very interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, you know, there's still there's still significant question marks. Really, there is. Yeah. Um, and. Renzo Gonzalez is back. He could play first or outfield, or he's a lefty. Um, I mean, it, we'll see what happens. Oh, and the two, the two big freshmen that we Cuve uh, and Jimenez, the shortstop. Cuve yeah. announced uh, this morning, actually, it's Thursday yeah. that he's back. He's excuse me that he's coming to UM. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We should talk about that now, the kind of the flip side of the draft. Miami gets six guys picked. Also, right. four committed prospects get drafted. Um, two in the first five rounds of so those guys are one is um uh Adrian Santana from Doral, who goes 31 to the race. He's definitely those guys, those two that were picked high have not signed yet, but they're gonna sign. Uh Santana will almost certainly go to the race or they weren't expecting him necessarily to wind up at, at Miami, um, considering how highly touted a prospect he was. The other one, Tayshawn Walton, uh, an outfielder from IMG Academy, uh, goes to Pittsburgh, uh, I think in the fourth round. So those guys, those are guys will both be gone. Those were the two, uh, according to Perfect Game, uh, the two top ranked, actually not the two top, well, two, actually, of the, two of the top three ranked recruits in the class. Well, actually um, sign their national letter of intent, by the way. Hmm? So they actually signed yes. their, yep. their letter of intents to come to, to come to Miami, right. but nobody expected that. Right, to- exactly. Yeah, yeah. Especially Santana. Everyone knew he was going to be at the worst, like a third round pick. And those guys almost always sign. So those two haven't signed yet, but likely will. Uh, in the later rounds, um, Wu Yol Shin from uh, Miami Dade College, uh, South Korean first baseman, gets picked. Um, seems like he will head to sign a professional contract has not happened yet, but late round pick Juco guy. Um, But the big one, as you mentioned that announced today that he is not going to sign was Daniel Cuvay, number one, third baseman in the country. um, Number 36 overall recruit in the class, according to perfect game. He was behind Santana as Miami's uh, number two prospect in the class. Local guy uh, played at St. Thomas Aquinas um, from Fort Lauderdale. And Um, he announced, as you said, Thursday morning that he's going to sign the Pirates picked him. Uh, I said, Walton went to the Pirates. He actually went to the Phillies. Cuvay went to the Pirates, uh, mm-hmm. in the 17th round, Pittsburgh was hoping to use some of the savings. I think they had, uh, by going under slot in a couple places to maybe get a steal there. Oh, sorry. I think it's the perfect game ads coming up on my <laughs> screen. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, they were hoping to get him over slot there, uh, but instead he decides to go to Miami. 
Uh, and that's a huge win for the Canes because that guy was, according to MLB.com, a top 250 prospect in this draft. Um, and a, t- a top perfect game. And system. like number one third baseman. And they need a third baseman, as we all know, with Yohandi Morales gone. Yeah. And they uh, said 36th overall, regardless of position, 36th yeah. in the country. So in that class. So that's really good. So yeah. That- so they've got a good young core because he's going to be a, a major factor this year. He'll probably start at, you know, third base, maybe first base. I don't know enough about how he is defensively. Um, and 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 you, you've got Antonio. And then one other top 100 recruit, uh, Antonio Jimenez, who was not quite as highly ranked a draft prospect, but still a guy who easily could have gone in the first 10 rounds. And at that point, you yeah. never know. Um, he doesn't get picked at all from Archbishop McCarthy, shortstop. Um, so Miami gets two of their top 100 recruits. They could have a really good young offensive core if, Cuvay, I mean, seems like the real deal. Uh, Jimenez is, you know, a good prospect as well. And, yeah, I think – well, Cuvay played at, like, a academy school this year. But both guys have been, like, all-county guys, obviously, for us. Some of the best prospects out of South Florida in the last couple of years. Jimenez, uh, out of, as I said, McCarthy. Um, and Miami, as you said, need, needs help. So, between those two and Blake Sear, um, got a nice, talented young infield that um, – question marks for sure, but – uh, and, potential to be good, definitely. Yeah, and maybe the uh, there's a, a, a player, Jason Torres, who will be a true sophomore. Mm-hmm. Um, who is very good in a, a sm- very, very small good. sample side, but very, very productive. 30, 36 at-bats, played in 18 games. He hit 472. He had three home runs, which yeah. is really a one a 1399 OPS. <laughs> Pretty good. Love, yeah, the 11 RBI. It's, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Norberto Lopez is gone. We'll see who they get for the uh, for the re- for the recruiting. That's that's in the portal. Be- yeah, yeah, and they've got some other no, highly. You know, as a recruiting coach. Oh, as they, a recruiting coach, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I just don't know what's going to happen this year. I don't think anybody can know for sure, and I don't. I a lot of it depends on the pitching. I mean, it's the way it is every year. Yep. Yeah, and the portal makes it even more unpredictable every year. So um, they're going to be young. They're going to have some talent. It'll be, you know, they. I I think probably part of the frustration last year is they kind of missed their shot, right? As we talked about, like when you've got that talented of a roster, uh, you'd like to make a run. Didn't happen, and um, now it'll be a little. I don't want to say a rebuilding year because this team probably still should be really good, but. A reloading year and 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 I'm, it's going to be unpredictable as you said so it could be a rebuilding year and yeah. also i i think i think jd will uh i think jd is going to um you know he's going to take advantage of the uh of the nil the name image likeness right. factor i i think he's he's you know going to try to get some money for people yeah. And again, that's when we talk about the challenges of being a private school versus a public school. That's as, as we said, the flip side is. Um, yeah, I guess. He, I obviously, don't pro- public schools can spend NIL money, too, but it's a it's an advantage that Miami is, as we know, in football can have on, on some of these. Meaning, I, I don't know if coaches could actually. I don't. I don't right. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I, but, get bobbed. I think he's going to be pro NIL. Yeah. Uh, I, I he'll be meeting with boosters and all that kind of stuff. And he knows people. He knows yeah. people. He's he's been around the program a long time, and a lot of former major leaguers or maybe people who own businesses and things like that. So I think that can only help them. And 
we'll see where where it goes from there. But it was a great draft, and uh, they'll start all over again. Yep. Um, all right. I kind of got nothing else in, unless you do. There's not a whole lot of football news going on. As we said, they miss out on uh, Devon, Devon Mitchell, um, a tight five-star tight end uh, from California who committed to Oklahoma over Miami and then reclassified. Um, actually, not a five-star anymore after reclassifying, but still one of the top prospects in the country. Miami obviously was, was hoping to get him. He was at uh, Legends Camp, couldn't seal the deal. So, um, as we said last week, some finally like stuff picking up a little bit for Miami, but uh, right now it, it's quieted down again a little bit and, nice. um, I think it's kind of, I think, I think it's got a lot of, it's going to come down to what they can do in the fall and some of the new official visit rules where there are, uh, no limits on official visits, I think is going to further complicate, uh, recruiting and, and last minute flips and all that kind of stuff. So that's going to be um, crazy, right? No, no. Limits. Yeah, we'll see. It, it'll be interesting. Um, we have. I mean, we don't know how it's gonna play out, but yeah, it's it makes it a little bit harder. Whereas, like, you used to be like, oh, you get the last official visit. It's a pretty good tell. Now there's, I mean, there still is the last official visit if you come that last weekend. But um, I think this it's gonna help smaller programs more than it will like be a factor for the powerhouses. Except the school, no limits. What about schools? Well, they have their own. Like, what do you mean? Well, this for the you know paying for air air. Yeah, well, they as long as they're willing to pay for it. Boy, that really seems to uh, favor the the big money. You know the the Alabamas and yeah, but like those guys are getting. But like anyone, people are visiting them anyway. Like if Miami, if Alabama tells you to come visit, like you're you were gonna you were always gonna use that as one of your five. I think it helps more the, um, I don't know like Nebraska where it's like, it's hard to get to Nebraska. Um, and is a recruit going to go visit Nebraska over Georgia? If those are like the last choices, maybe not. And now I think it, it helps them a little bit. So, all right. Um, we're about out of time here. So uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S Miller Degnan. You will be at messy mania this weekend. Is that right? Uh, this is true. Messy yeah. Mania. Messy mania is here. I'll be there on Monday, I believe. And then we'll both, we'll actually both be there at the game. Uh, next Friday, maybe we'll do a, a messy cast at some point here. Um, <laughs> messy cast, yes. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Um, yeah, we, just, all, we all know there's that huge press box at. Uh, yeah, exactly. It'll be. I'm I'm fascinated to see what that scene is going to look like. Um, I, you might not be once we're there. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'll, I'll be interested to see how Drive Pink Stadium is ready to handle all that. So, anyway, uh, thanks again. Uh, for listening and we will talk to you guys next week.